Hello, hello, goddamn. Goddamn. This is Who the Fuck Knows with Emily Rose. I'm Emily Rose. Welcome back. Welcome me back. Welcome you all back to my show. I am back. This is going to be kind of a short episode, I think, I hope. Even though I have a lot to talk about, I know I have not been consistent. Consistency is something I'm working on, but I want to get into all of the things that I've been watching, I've been feeling, I've been thinking in a way to like kind of catch up because I feel like as far as reality television goes, I've been really discouraged. And I know I pretty much say this every episode, but this episode, I want to use this as a way to launch me into a new era, right? I want to talk to you guys, frankly, and kind of close this chapter. And we have a lot of shows that are closing. So I want to talk about them. Now, before I talk about the things that are ending, let's just start off with some things that I'm watching that are not reality, but are very entertaining. Some of these shows... You guys, if you are not watching She-Hulk and you're a Marvel fan, I have friends that are like shitting on She-Hulk and I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't really get it, you know? Like some people are not familiar with the comics, so I've seen some criticisms of like, oh, it's corny when she talks to the camera. Well, that actually is She-Hulk's character in the comic. She breaks the fourth wall in the comics, so that's actually pretty true to the character of She-Hulk. And I think it's really funny. I think it's just like a good light introduction. We're going to get some stuff. I haven't watched this week's episode yet. Uh, I'm a little behind. Uh, Last week, I had a bit of a... They said it was an ear infection. The doctor said it was an ear infection. I feel like it was upper respiratory because when you can probably tell (laughs) I'm still like a little raspy. So... I didn't get to watch this week's episode because I've been catching up on everything else. She-Hulk, 100%. House of the Dragon. I had my reservations, y'all. I had reservations. I was, I don't want to say I was scorned. I feel like a lot of people were like, I was so scorned. I was so traumatized by the ending of Game of Thrones. I didn't feel that way. I just didn't really feel like I would be roped in the same way. Like a lot of has happened since 2019. Gotta say, I am fully invested. I am fully invested in House of the Dragon. They are doing amazing work over there. So highly recommend. There's a show on Hulu. And I learned about it through an ad on a podcast I listened to. And I am so sorry. I can't remember what podcast it was. But Reboot on Hulu. Uh, stars uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Judy Greer, who is getting finally, like, accurate representation. Judy Greer is maybe the most, one of the most underrated actresses. We'll talk about another one in a minute, but Judy Greer is a really underrated actress, and she's doing great. I love the show. The concept, the premise of the show is following a reboot. Uh, Hello? of a show that was popular in the 80s, 90s. I think it's called Step It Up is the name of this fictional show. It's definitely a play on step-by-step growing pains. The episode, I didn't look at the episode titles, but the last episode I watched was titled Growing Pains. So I don't know if that's like a theme for them to use old shows. You guys know, maybe you don't. I never released my WandaVision episode, but 
one of my favorite WandaVision episodes is their homage to Growing Pains. And because the set is designed exactly like the Growing Pains set, the costumes, the theme song for that WandaVision episode is modeled after the Growing Pains theme song, more so than any of the other theme songs of the sitcoms of that time. So, and I love Growing Pains. So, it's a great show. Highly recommend Kegel, Mike, and Key. Keegan Michael Key is phenomenal. So I highly recommend. And lots of other great actors. I'm just like, again, cut for time. Another show, Abbott Elementary. If you're not watching Abbott Elementary, I mean, Kinta Brunson, Shirley Ralph, incredible. When I'm talking about underrated, I am talking about Shirley Ralph finally getting what she's worked for, what she deserves. This show, it just, as someone who works in education, this is my seventh year in education, so I'm still, like, in terms of education, pretty new. It's just a really great representation of working with other people in different parts of their lives. I have a coworker currently, even though I'm not, I'm no longer working directly with kids, whereas my last job, I was, I worked in behavior, and I was a behavior responder, for lack of a better word. So what I did in my last job, which I, I haven't really talked about that much on the podcast, because I didn't want to talk shit about my job. And I'm not talking shit, but what I did was I responded to behavior crises in the moment throughout the school. And I worked with kindergarten through eighth grade at a charter school here in Atlanta. And it was taxing, to say the least. But you work with so many different people because education, at least now, doesn't attract all of, if you watch Abbott Elementary, you you kind of have an idea that they're all kind of like Lee Ralphs. But it really is a cast of characters. And I've always said, if I could film a reality show about my last job, I would have because it is fascinating. I would do it about my new job now because you really you meet so many different kinds of people. And I have a degree in sociology. So that's fascinating to me. But all of that aside, Abbott Elementary, great show. If you're not watching it, please do. Speaking of things I've been watching, I nearly canceled my Netflix subscription, right? Because Netflix has not really been giving. And super glad I didn't uh, I don't know that I've, I never did an episode, even though I planned on doing it, like what's new, whatever, but I never did an episode on the bling ring Alexis Nyers of it all. I've talked about Alexis Nyers a lot, I know. I read her book when she released it in 20, I believe it came out in like December 2019, maybe early 2020, bought it, read it, obsessed, listened to her podcast. If you're not up on her drama, her life, things have taken quite the turn. Alexis Nyers, she, so if you're super behind, when Pretty Wild ended, she, first of all, God, I don't want to get too much into it because I'll go on and on. Essentially, Alexis Nyers was one of the girls who was involved in the string of robberies in 2008-2009 against very, very, very high-profile celebrities in Hollywood. It was called the Bling Ring. 
in 2012, I think Sofia Coppola made a movie about it called The Bling Ring. Emma Watson was the main character. She played Alexis Nyers, but Alexis Nyers wasn't really the main character of the actual crime in real life. And if you've read the book, if you've listened to the podcast and done your research, then you would know Nick Prugo really was, well, Rachel Lee and Nick Prugo, Rachel Lee, another person, were the real orchestrators of the string of crimes. But anyway, in the past few years, we've come to find out that Alexis Nyers didn't play as big of a role as the movie made it seem, but also... Alexis Nyers played a much bigger role than she has led people to believe since releasing her book and her podcast. And this documentary is told kind of from that perspective of, oh, Alexis wasn't as involved, but she was really more involved, but even more so probably than any of it is panned out to be. Excuse me. What people that watched Alexis's reality show, which aired during, aired after, but was filmed during the same time of the trial of the Bling Ring. It was called Pretty Wild, One Season Wonder. I, I know I talked shit about how I was going to do a recap. I can't. I just, it's near and dear to my heart. I love the show. I could probably quote it line by line, but Jesus, it it is hard to recap a show when you have so much background retrospective information at the time, Alexis and until last week, as far as consumers knew Alexis and Tess, who is Alexis's quasi adopted sister were on heroin, right? So they were on heroin during the time of this string of robberies and So since then, Alexis has always pretty much maintained that she was involved in one of the robberies at Orlando Bloom's house, but she was so fucked up on heroin and drunk and she had been to the, uh, oh God, she was at a a bar, a popular bar at the time in LA and then they went and they robbed and she didn't even really participate hardly and then she threw up in the bushes, whatever. And that Tess was really more involved technically, even though she wasn't at that robbery because she was better friends with the ringleaders. Okay. Again, I'm not going to go into it more. Well, last week, Alexis's little sister, Gabby, who was also featured on Pretty Wild, the show, came out to say she, too, was involved in the robberies, which has thus far been kept secret by pretty much everybody. We knew that Gabby was out partying underage, extremely underage, because they were also underage, but they were 18 and 19, respectively, whereas Gabby was more like 15, 16. Well, anyway, it causes huge string of drama. They were supposed to release a podcast. Alexis put her podcast on pause, Dorinda style, a few months ago because, well, I think it's because she faced a lot of backlash because of all of her personal drama, that being, so when Alexis, so she was on heroin, she kicked, she ended up getting off heroin. She was on heroin when she went to jail for the bling ring stuff. Uh, She had been arrested, whatever. And when she came out, she had essentially a come to Jesus moment, went to recovery, met someone in recovery, Evan, his name is Evan, 
they ended up getting married by the time she was like 21, I believe. And they now own a few treatment centers, recovery, uh, addiction recovery treatment centers in LA. Now, when she started her podcast, which was titled Recovering for Reality, which would end up being the name of her book, she talked about all of this. She talked about her journey. She talked about, she was also in this Vice documentary in, I think it was 2016 or 2017, about kind of revealing like my erratic behavior on the show was due to a crippling heroin and cocaine addiction. Well, she comes out with the book, then everyone's listening to her podcast. It's kind of like an advice podcast. It's like, you know, she has like this very like chill monitor. She, ha- she, was, she was on top of things for a while and she really sold this idea that like she, and she is as far as we know, wink, in my idea, wink, she's recovered still. But it started to be a little like holier than thou. And then she started getting into some weird shit where it felt like, we don't really know. She So she and Evan, her husband, she revealed that they were in an open relationship. Then Alexis started really talking about the open relationship on the podcast. She had Evan on, her husband, to talk about how happy they were with the open relationship. She was dating Bronwyn. Uh, Bronwyn, I think it's Wyndham from the OC. Bronwyn's ex-girlfriend. And there was speculation that Alexis broke Bronwyn and the girl up. I can't remember the woman's name at the moment. But so that became a thing. And Alexis was essentially saying that she was starting a life with this girlfriend, but maintaining a life with her husband. And this was like the new age of polyamory and all of this. And it was actually just it sounds like honestly it was just pretty messy and complicated and I I have people in my life that are in healthy polyamorous relationships. I do believe that it can work when there's not shit tons of money and fame involved, right? So this happens and it starts to change perspective on her just a little bit, not because she's in the polyamorous relationship, just because the way she was talking about it was kind of vague and coded and she was saying like oh well then Evan did something that broke the terms of their open relationship so they were getting a divorce they got they were in the process of a divorce and then Alexis I don't know she did a bunch of weird shit and then now she's back with some guy all of that's just not that relevant but it's just important to know that throughout this process fans of hers and supporters of hers got really confused Because she was being really confusing. And then she kind of went from like, I'm speaking from my experience as a former addict and as a current orchestrator and operational manager of these treatment centers to as if she were actually a therapist. And I guess she is. She's a sponsor. She's an addiction counselor. But it got kind of weird. I don't know how to describe it, but she got really weird. And the community started to really turn on her because then things started to feel like she was turning it for profit. If I wanted to go into her mother on Andrea Arlington, 
who followed me on Instagram, but I don't think she does anymore. But like a year ago, she did. But she also they got into like some scammy, you know, how like YouTube stars do scammy uh, like masterclass type shit. And it actually just ends up being nothing. She got into that. And fans were like, what are you doing? Because, like, you don't need to do this. And then her language and the way she was presenting things just seemed really... She did a thing with Z-Way that made her come off like she seems like she's for the cause. But actually, is she really? No, she's not. So I don't know. All of that to say... This Bling Ring documentary comes out, and for those of us who are invested, if you're not invested, if all you know is Pretty Wild, or if all you know is The Case, Sofia Coppola movie, and then this, or if all you know is Pretty Wild, Sofia Coppola this, or just Pretty Wild, whatever, then you're probably watching this documentary like, oh, okay, this is really interesting. If you know too much... You're watching this like, what the hell are you doing? And why are you on this? Then it turns out it wasn't, Nick Prugo wasn't really supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be Rachel Lee, allegedly, but Rachel hasn't come out and said that. So this is all very complicated and I probably could have done a whole episode on it, but I won't. I won't. Just know that uh, three hours of my life that I don't regret, but it's all very fascinating. And then Like I said, she had put her podcast on pause because essentially people were not feeling her. And then she said she was going to release a new episode with her sister, Gabby, to tell the truth. They decide not to release the episode and instead go on an Instagram live that I watched. Uh, If you guys follow Ono Chels on Instagram, she's great. She has a podcast. Uh, She has a couple of things that she does. She does one with her sister on Patreon. And then she and Donnie do one. I am the cute one. Great, 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 great follow. She documented the whole thing. So if you don't have time to like watch it, I think she saved it in her highlights. If not, maybe DM her and ask her. Maybe not. I don't know. But she she did a great write up of what was going on in the in the podcast in the live excuse me and it was um enlightening so yeah i don't know i feel so complicated about alexis haynes and if this is something that alexis nyers as you all know i have my nancy joe this is alexis nyers calling shirt that i got for christmas last year that i love and i can't wear at my new job because nobody would everyone would be like what are, <laughs> what the fuck does this mean but i love the whole thing. And I'm fascinated with it. If you are, I strongly recommend reading her book. Uh, Also, Mila Tequila on YouTube has a pretty good recap. Uh, Lay Do You Remember This, the podcast, Darlene, has a great series, a three-part series on the Bling Ring before any of this came out. Both of these things are way before any of this came out. So recommend all of that if you just really want to deep dive into it because I am not the one. All right, now into Bravo. Since I've been gone, a lot has come out. The Potomac trailer was released. All I'll say is this, and and I'll get more into this in a minute, but last season for Potomac, I enjoyed and watched every episode. I did not recap it. And I want to be, I'm going to go into whether or not I'm going to recap anything from here on out. I, 
didn't want to recap Potomac last season because there are things there are because first of all, the audience, the viewers, the commentators, creators, everybody on the internet stresses me out. I am not good. I you, if you guys do follow me on Instagram at who tf knows Emily Rose on Instagram or on my Twitter of the same handle, I really I have a hard time capturing things in real life. I'm not good at graphics. That's not my ministry. I think that essentially with Potomac, there were dynamics there that I didn't feel comfortable commenting on as a white woman. Period. <laughs> I mean, as I mean, period. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like it. And it got it got so it just got so heated and so deep with the women of Potomac last season and the season before, honestly, with the Monique and Candace thing that I was like, I don't want to recap it. I just want to enjoy it. The trailer for this new season looks great. Uh, actually, I feel like they might be holding back, and I hope they are. I'm I'm ready to just watch and see before I commit to recapping anything. I'm not really a big fan of Dr. Wendy. I'm wondering what season three will bring for her. Even though she wasn't heavily featured in the trailer, and by not heavily, I mean like barely at all. We'll see. Because second season curse is a thing. Your second season is, is supposed to be your hardest for full-time cast members. Not necessarily for friends of, but we'll get there. But for full-time cast members, that's supposed to be your weirdest season. So maybe that was just like a blip. I just like her energy was weird. But I didn't feel comfortable commenting on it. So we'll see. Uh, we have... Oh, I didn't talk about this because I'm reading the word Atlanta. Atlanta this season. If you are not watching Atlanta, the scripted series... On FX via Hulu, do it. I've listened to, I've talked about the Ringerverse before when I did my The Boys recap with uh, Jeremiah Hobbs a few months ago. Atlanta is a show for people who live in Atlanta. And I'm realizing when I listen to like the Ringerverse, people that don't live here, um, they're, they're both black men who have like who are immersed in geek culture and film culture, television culture, journalism, all of that. But living here, Atlanta speaks to a very specific aesthetic and vibe and just verbiage, I guess. It just to me, if you live here, I think you should watch Atlanta. I was listening to something the other day. I don't remember what it was, but somebody was like, white people are always telling people to watch Atlanta. And I hear you. And I know, I get it. But like, if you live in Atlanta, as a white woman who lives in Atlanta, I know that's not very credible at all. But I think that it it really, if you've lived here for a while, if you grew up here, I say, give it a shot. All right. Speaking of Atlanta and things that I feel about Atlanta and what represents Atlanta, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, part three, reunion, just ended. So we're done with this chapter of Real Housewives of Atlanta. I am thrilled to be moving on to the next chapter. Let's just say that. Uh, I missed Portia dearly. 
There are rumors that Portia is coming back. I hope that's the case. I really enjoyed her spinoff. It was a mess. I loved it. I think there, there's something missing in Atlanta. And again, I live here. So maybe I have like a perspective that makes it not as interesting to me as maybe. And, and to be fair, people in all the cities may feel this way about their own city and the shows that rep- are supposed to represent them. For me, this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta did not represent what I know Atlanta to be. Like these, or maybe I'm too familiar or something. These women did not bring something genuine to me that like captured me, I guess. I guess I felt like it was entertaining and I saw the whole season, but I just didn't feel like a whole lot was going on. I felt that way about Beverly Hills as well, and we'll get there. But since I live here, maybe I just felt like, I don't know, I could... Oh, and I saw Drew Sedora. I think I told y'all this at the place where I do trivia down the street. And I knew it was her, but I, I couldn't be sure because she was like by herself with two other people in heels that she couldn't walk in, walking down the damn street near the cemetery, the Oakland Cemetery. And she just kind of looked like another Atlanta girl going to take a photo shoot in the cemetery. So for a minute, I didn't really like... It was one of those things where there's a lot of there's a lot of people in Atlanta and there are a lot of people trying to chase a lot of stuff here. And sometimes you have to second guess, like, is this person famous or is this person just like, you know, out here being gorgeous and interesting? She didn't really hold my attention that long is all I'm going to say. And she couldn't walk in her shoes. And so I kind of thought, well, if you're a real housewife of Atlanta, you can walk in your shoes, but she couldn't walk in her shoes. So, and I'm not really, I don't like her that much on the show. So maybe I'd like her in real life, but I didn't talk to her because I was afraid. Because I was like, if it is true, what am I going to fucking say? You're my least favorite cast member on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So yeah, that's my thoughts of Atlanta. I'm personally glad it's over because I felt a lot of pressure to say something about it. And my real feelings are that I didn't think that this season was that interesting. And I really love Marlo. And I feel like a lot of people don't love Marlo. And I don't feel like getting, I don't feel that passionately about her to sit here and talk about it for an hour. So, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City came back. All right. Speaking to what I was saying a little bit earlier, here's the thing. With Atlanta and with, I'm feeling this way about maybe Potomac. How I felt about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City last year, I was so pumped. And I hyped it up, and I said I was going to recap it, Beverly Hills, I'm looking at you. I said I was going to recap it, and I was so fucking hype, and I couldn't wait, yada yada. But guess what? Last, last year, I got lost in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. After the Veil episodes, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So... I actually really enjoyed this premiere, y'all. I just watched it this morning. It was a cute premiere. I could follow what was going on. I understood because they did the flashback in the beginning. I know people don't like flashbacks, but I need them. I remembered, okay, yeah, these people fought. 
I forgot about Lisa's hot mic moment, which was good because we heard Lisa talking shit when she thought that people couldn't hear her. And so now we can confront that. When you don't hear people talking shit, it is more difficult to confront someone and have the audience give a shit. We'll get there. So yeah, all in all, I thought the premiere was pretty good. The Jen Shaw thing is fascinating, but I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to, I'm so excited. I'm not excited. I am cautiously optimistic because I thought the premiere was pretty good. I think that having a change up of alliances is good. I think just switching things up in general is a positive sign. So we'll see. We'll see about Salt Lake City. As far as uh, cast changeups are concerned, if we could just talk about Roni for a second. There's a lot of news. Some of you may know that there was a, or there is, or was a Luann and Sonia spinoff in the works that was a la like the simple life, but it was dating. That apparently did not test well with Andy Cohen. That's a rumor. He said that it was a mistake, and I don't know if it's going to air. I personally, Emily, doesn't know if it's going to air at all. I don't know why, though, because to me, I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. I will watch that. But he's saying it was a mistake, so maybe they're just not who they used to be. Uh, A couple of friends of mine and I went to Sonia in the City over the summer. She came to Atlanta. It was a time. It was quite the time last night. We had a great time. She is something else. So it's hard for me to imagine that they wouldn't be able to make it fun, but maybe they are a little too out of touch. Maybe they went some places and said some things they shouldn't say. I don't know. I don't know, but sounds like that's not going to happen. Lots of rumors about whether the legacy thing is going to happen, whether there's going to be a new season, whether they're going to retire it all together. I don't know. Bethany's acting the damn fool on Instagram and, and Twitter, so I don't know. I'm okay without Roni. I'm okay reminiscing. I love living in the past. You guys know this. So we'll see, I guess. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see on Roni. Oh, oh, I thought I was done with, uh, I thought we were fully into Bravo. Really quick, Kardashians. Kardashians on Hula. I watched the first episode. Watched about mm, 15 minutes of second episode. Let me say this. If there's one thing that this new iteration of Kardashians has done right, it is the cinematography. As you all know, again and again, I like to pretend that I live in L.A. I had a dream last night that me and my best friend, Mary Kate, were living in L.A. Like, I really, like, that is where I picture myself. I want to live there. Truly, that's where I want to live. I'm putting that out there for the public to hear. That is where I want to move eventually. And the way that they capture, like, the aesthetic of all the parts of California that they film in, not just LA because they live in Calabasas, and then they get the beach and all of that, is gorgeous. And it just it just solidifies to me more that I want to live there. The content is questionable. I enjoyed the first episode. I thought the first episode was about as raw and real as we're going to get from, from these people. And I appreciated that. I appreciated Chloe being honest. I felt like it was the most honest we've seen her. I know people disagree. I I felt very, I felt like Chloe was being about as vulnerable as she could possibly be as who she is now. And I appreciated it. 
What I don't appreciate is in episode two that came out this week, they go, all right, so we know we gave you all this raw, real shit in the first episode. Everything else you're going to see six months ago. So now we have to watch Chloe and everybody pretend like they don't like they don't know or skirt around the fact that Chloe has agreed to have a surrogate child with this man who cheated on her and then went to the court to try to hide that he cheated on her and had a baby with another woman. That's too much for me. I also hate Kim and Pete. I hated that. I hate her wig. I hate I hated I hated that. I hate I hate him. I I guess now I didn't I didn't before. I loved him before Ariana and Pete are like that's the dream. But Pete and Kim hate it. Hate it. And then I know we're going to have to endure some Kanye slander, which is weird. We don't need it. Why would I need to see you all talk shit about Kanye when the whole world talks shit about Kanye? That's all I have to say about that. So I'm I started about 15 minutes into the episode. We're still on Tristan. I don't care about that. I don't care. No one cares. If you really care about Tristan, like, and Chloe, like, good for you, dude. This show is for you, not for me. I don't care anymore. Girl, you made your choice. You got fucked over. It it happens like that. And if we're not going to talk about now, the present now, what's happening now is more fascinating to me. I will say I do want to (laughs) know. I want to know... In the first 15 minutes that we got, we saw uh, Kylie's baby's hand. I have a theory about Kylie's baby. I'm not going to say it out loud. All I'll say is that I feel like there's a possibility maybe that's not Travis's child. That's all I'm going to say about that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's not because they haven't really been together. They haven't actually been together. So, or they weren't at the time of this baby being born, at least. So if it's not Travis's child, eh, I think that's okay. I just hope that it's not super weird when that baby is revealed to us, child. Anyway, so uh, Kim and Pete, there's nothing I want to see less. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to think about it. Nothing. I think I, th- I think I talked about this in my last episode. Nothing made me happier than when they broke up. I had never been so happy in my life than when they broke up. Good God. What a joyous day. Oh, glorious day. I hate them. And I don't want to see it. But apparently we're not going to see it because like Pete like pulled out and like, you know, said like, oh, we're not going to. I don't know. There's rumors that he's like blocked them from showing him on the show now. So I'm also like, what content are we going to have? Because I can't do the Chloe Tristan thing the whole time. And I can't do Kylie's new mom thing anymore. I can't. I can't. I think I just can't do them. Where's Rob? Maybe if Rob came in, I'd be like, oh, where's the lawsuit? I have an unreleased episode with this fabulous, fabulous woman I never released it because, uh, I don't know, I'm an idiot. Oh, I had COVID and my cat died and I was depressed. And I was in a job that I hated. And I couldn't um, couldn't move myself to 
edit it the way that it deserved to be edited. It was like two and a half hours long or something. But it's with this lawyer that went to every, I think I talked about this in my last episode too, excuse me for repeating myself, but she went to not every, but most of the hearings of the Black China and Kardashian trial. And she had some great insight. And so maybe I'll release that soon when I have time to sit down when I have the energy. It's not about time, it's about energy. But yeah, maybe if we brought Rob in, I'd be like, okay, I'm invested. But right now I'm just not invested. I'm just not. Moving on. Bravo. Back on Bravo. Southern charm. All right. Here's where I'm like, I'm just going to have to maybe lose fans. I'm just going to have to lose listeners. And that's okay. I loved this season of Southern Charm. I thought this season was incredibly entertaining. I looked forward to it every week. I enjoyed every episode. I did not come out of any episodes feeling like that was boring. And I feel like that's a really hot take. People on the internet, man, did not enjoy this season of Southern Charm. And I was thrilled. So many people are like, just cancel it. The reality gays who are two guys that had a offshoot podcast. I think it started their their main podcast. Uh, I think it was called Sweet Tea. Sweet Tea, Southern Charm or something like that. They were one of the first recap podcasts I listened to, but even before Watch What Crappens and they're friends with those guys, they had a Southern Charm podcast and they stopped covering it three episodes into the season. And I was devastated because I was like, God, like, because they were like, it's just so boring. There is nothing boring to me about genuine relationships. And I think that Maybe the way that I view these shows kind of fucks me over in the end because shows like Beverly Hills end up being so complicated and inauthentic and bullshit that I can't watch. Whereas shows like Southern Charm, I'm like, oh, no, this is the actual deterioration and progression of friendships and also like relation men complicated relationships between men genuinely that are not related necessarily to the women that they date because on i know people love the the husbands on new jersey i find them to be unwatchable but these guys are just guys that are friends and the way that they deal with their ridiculous toxic friendship in comparison to and sometimes in congruent to the relationships that the women have on the show is so interesting to me and refreshing honestly because I kind of like to just talk shit about men being idiots and they all every episode they deliver on men being absolute fucking idiots every episode I never I never don't have content where I'm like wow men are fucking terrible and I love that I'm gonna be honest And so Southern Charm is delivered on on that on all fronts. I love a good conspiracy, which I think Southern Charm delivers on all fronts with every time. And I also love like, I feel really strongly connected to these people for no reason at all. I love St. Simon's. That's where they took their cash trip. I used to go. This is actually the first year in 10 years that well that's not true 
let's just for the sake of this, this is the first year in 10 years I haven't been to St. Simon's for the summer or for a vacation. The exception would be 2021 summer. I went to Charleston and I went to Isle of Palms. That's where Shep has his house. If you're wondering if Shep's house really looks like that from the outside, it totally does. But it looks crazy, but he is like on the beach. Like he is like two houses behind the beautiful ass Isle of Palms coastline. So yes, his house looks a little crazy, but he lives in a nice ass area. So all of that is to say, I feel very invested in these people's lives. I feel very connected. They go to St. Simon's. Then this this episode, the finale, Paige, who I hate, shows up looking tacky as hell. I cannot... I know there's going to be people that are like, actually, I thought Paige's outfit was really cute. And I thought she really delivered. And that's awesome. I think she looked tacky. I think that the cutout was way too low on her hip for her body shape. Like it was too, it was too big. The cutouts were too big. If the cutouts were smaller and rested like more so on her rib cage, I think it would have been fine. But she doesn't have the shape for that. She's not tall enough for that. That's what it is. She's not tall enough for all of that. And then the bow was bizarre. Why would you wear a bow with that? Why would you wear that bow? The bow didn't make any sense to me at all. And I don't care who you are. She looked crazy. So I'm sitting here watching this episode and I already have all these thoughts about the show. And I'm like, God, why does she have to do? What is she trying to prove? Who does she think she is? You know, she's like some Amazon fashion chick and she's coming in here. She thinks she's better than everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a shot where... She's getting a drink from the bar. She she turns around and I see her purse. Bitch, why do we have the same purse? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's this like $25 Amazon purse that I bought for myself for my 30th birthday mere months ago. And I'm like, this doesn't add up. Like, I knew when I got it that it was like kind of tacky but it matched my outfit and it matched like my vibe. Like I am okay with like the level of like faux glam that I try to bring. She is not okay with it. She spent all this entire season on Southern Charm talking shit about these women. She's essentially a friend of, and you are buying the same Amazon. I know she's Amazon fashion, but it just like, I was like, I have to rethink my choices. I have to rethink everything. I was so upset. Actually, that's probably my biggest takeaway from this episode. Even though I enjoyed the episode, the editing was weird. There was a lot of stuff at the end that I didn't totally understand. I'm still kind of processing like Vanita's place in the friend group. I feel like this is the thing with Vanita. I think that Vanita holds her own very well. And I think that she is very true to herself. And I don't think any bullshit, I I don't think that anytime anyone tried to bring bullshit to her, she wasn't having it. And they fell back. And I think that that's a good thing. There was never a moment with Vanita where I was like, oh no, is she going to be uncomfortable? She's she's not. She holds her fucking own. My thing with Vanita is, I have to say, I was on Naomi's side at that dinner last last episode 
where Vanita's like, I think we should just hear Craig out and hear his feel. All Craig does is talk about his goddamned feeling. Uh, Craig is constantly in his feelings. I don't want to validate his feelings. He validates him them- himself. He'll go blah, 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 blah. I feel this way. And you shouldn't even be around. You shouldn't even be around. Like, he's so mad that Naomi's on the show. Like, he's so mad. But he won't say that. So his feelings that he's having are just him screaming at his ex in public on camera. That's his feelings. When really, what he should say is, I'm uncomfortable with my ex-girlfriend being on the show. I feel like she came on just to fuck with me. Okay. Maybe that's how you feel. That's his feelings. But whatever he was doing at the dinner was just him and Naomi, like, being weird. And if Anita's her friend, she was introduced as Naomi's friend on the show. Remember, they went to high school together. Vanita was like the alt girl. Naomi was the popular girl. But they came together after school. Remember? I do think it's weird when he's sitting here. This is the third day in a damn row. He's yelled at her for no reason. And now you're like, oh, well, we should validate his feelings. Girl, no. Like, what are you doing? So now you're going to take. So I think that and the politics on this show are fascinating. Clearly, what Naomi is to me, clearly to me, what Naomi is saying is. You are trying to align yourself with Craig. Because this is the path that you think you should go down for the show. Now, is it right for Naomi to feel that way? Like, is it okay that Naomi is like solely operating from a standpoint of being on the show? Probably not. But that's what she's been doing all since she allegedly hooked up with Whitney, for God's sake. Like, clearly, that's what she's doing. That's her whole purpose here is to be on the show to be on the show. She didn't really give much, right? Everything she did was to like, further a storyline she's not like really her personal real personal life isn't on the show so i get it i just think naomi was rude as hell to tell her to shut up that was very rude and she didn't have to hold on to that and she should have if i were her if i was playing the game i would have forgiven vanita and moved on and i think that vanita is pretty genuine uh for the most part and i thought that was rude and so i thought that the way that she treated vanita at the dinner was strange uh, but you know, who am I? Leva, really unsure what she's playing at. Really unsure what she's playing at. Remember in Harry Potter, uh, the movies when Harry and Draco, uh, do the battle and then the snake goes after Draco and then Harry accidentally speaks parcel tongue and then he like charms the snake away from attacking Draco but Draco doesn't understand because he doesn't speak parcel tongue and then Draco goes why are you playing that that's how I feel that's how I feel about uh can't remember who I was talking about oh Leva 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 that's what that's how I feel about Leva I'm unsure what she's doing I'm assuming her absence is is in some way related to her spinoff I'm wondering if her spinoff is still happening. I'm confused as to why she hates everybody so much. I'm confused as to why she's like, I hate these people. I hate these people. I hate these people. I'm wondering if this is part of her show. Like, are we going to like really see why she hates these people? Like, is part of the arc of her show going to be 
So I own a shit ton of restaurants in Charleston and everybody fucking hates the cast of Southern Charm because, A, that's true, okay? As someone who went to Charleston and it just, that seems to be the case. I'm on the Reddits. I'm in, I'm, I listen to the pods. That seems to be the case that everybody fucking hates these people. So, uh, if that's part of the arc of her new show, then I'm all for it. If it's not, I'm really confused as to what she's doing because you have to film. You're on the TV show. Like, this is your job. You have to come to work. So, I don't, I don't get it. So, the very, the end was very weird. The tension was weird. But then, of course, Craig, you know, doesn't ever miss out on an opportunity to get wasted and scream at somebody, especially women, but certainly somebody, and make an ass out of himself. Now, at the end of the day, that's what Craig's good for, making a huge ass out of himself. Shep also clearly makes an ass out of himself. It's hard for me to be invested in this storyline of they, you know, he has to quit a job, blah, blah, blah. It's hard for me to care because now that we know that they're broken up, it's hard for me to be like, oh, I really care about this. I have this whole theory about maybe Taylor has like ulterior motives. But then when she got into the God stuff, I was like, oh, shit, she might actually be like legitimately feeling this way. But then I'm like, maybe not. Like, maybe she really just wants to be famous. She's stunning. She ate. She Madison. Jesus. God bless Madison. If anyone out there is listening and knows who does Madison's hair. I know Madison used to be a hairdresser. Worked in a salon. If you know who does Madison's hair, please tell me. Because I really want to go blonde um, for 2023. And I want to look like her. So, just putting that out there. All of them are insane. Olivia, flop. Insane. Don't believe that she and Austin are dating for real. Apparently they are. My best friend Elizabeth told me they're really dating in real life. I don't believe it, but okay. I'll, you know, I'll buy it. I don't know, man. I loved this show and I can't wait for the reunion. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I'm not hitting on. Oh, Catherine, man, those, have y'all seen those fucking, the black eye? There were pictures that came out recently of Catherine. She had a black eye and filmed with the black eye and that all got cut out. So I don't know what happened there. Don't know what happened with Pringle though there were rumors that a cast member got cut because of uh, a sexual assault allegations. So maybe that was Pringle, which wouldn't surprise me because he is a bumbling idiot. I I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the show, guys. I really loved Southern Charm this season and I, I have to stand in my truth. And I understand that some people are like over it, but like, I don't know, the most controversial people, as far as, like, the racial, the racism that was addressed last season of Catherine and her cohorts, uh, Catherine wasn't really on this season. She was pretty much out after the first four episodes. So it was all about the drama between the boys, which I loved, And then there were some things with Vanita, but again, Vanita really held her own in a really impactful way. Like, people didn't go back. It's not like she went back and forth with people. She said what she needed to say and did what she needed to do and kept pushing and kept doing her thing. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty... I thought she did a great job this season. I don't know. I thought she did a great job. I didn't agree with her. 
all the time. I found her to be odd, um, but so is Olivia, and so is everybody else. They're all odd. They're strange. They're strange people. Okay, now let's talk about Beverly Hills. All right, so Beverly Hills. Overall thoughts. I thought the season was boring. I don't really think that the season had anything that went anywhere. There were a lot of loose threads. You think about the beginning of the season, Dorit's robbery, right? I felt very strongly about that and still do. That there's something amiss with that. Something is awry, right? With the with the story with that. But that got dealt with pretty quickly. Then you have the dark thing, the dark, really dark thing that Sutton said allegedly last year that Crystal brought up and that kind of fizzled out and went nowhere. We have Rena's mom and all of that. And we have the... Tri- it just like feels like we've been watching this show since last season. It feels It feels like we had no break, even though when we finally started the season we were you know I felt like we were deprived here's the thing these shows fare better when and and what I think Potomac and Salt Lake City have going for them right now is when the show is not being talked about by the cast members off season or frankly during the season off the show I think the the downfall of the show for me, and this is for a non-casual viewer, right? I am immersed in the podcast, the the Reddit, the not Facebook, but you know, Twitter, Instagram, deep dives, blind items, blogs, all of that. I am immersed in that, and for me, it's too much. And so the obvious solution would be like, well, don't, you know, don't read it. But at this point, I want, I want to be immersed, but I don't like, there's just something really, there's something off. And if there's going to be a whistleblower for the show, I would prefer it to be not a cast member. So that being said, a lot of people are saying that Lisa Rinna will be you know, either not asked back or she will, nobody thinks she's going to leave voluntarily, but people are saying that Rena won't come back for the next season. This won't be, we won't know until after the reunion. And a lot of people are saying that it's going to be because of like fan reception. I don't think if she doesn't come back, that's it. I think she did too fucking much. Like she did too much outside of the show. She commented too much. She she orchestrated too much. I don't know what happened with that uh, alleged publicist and all of that. And like maybe it's, you know, Kathy Hilton. But Kathy, if there was anything that solidified more to me that Kathy Hilton did not hire this Patrick Summers guy to spread rumors, it is that they right now, I think, very much are hiding her meltdown. The producers, the show, 
the network. They are hiding all of that. So she doesn't need some intern, right, to do bots. I, I just like, and the bots and, and Diana and all of it. It's just like, it's too much. And it's honestly, it's too much for me to even talk about right now. When I said, let's talk about Beverly Hills, I took a breath and I thought maybe I should just do a separate episode. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I did a separate episode, you would never hear it. I would end on Southern Charm. I would do my little outro and you guys would never get a Beverly Hills episode from me because I'm tired. I'm tired. I think that something went terribly wrong. And whether that something was Kathy's meltdown, I'm putting that in quotes, not because I don't believe it, because I 100% believe it. I believe Kathy had a meltdown. I believe that she probably said some things that were racist and homophobic in said meltdown in front of people, whether that pe- whether people mean in the club or people means Rena. I believe all of that. What I don't understand or believe necessarily is what that has to do with me. You know, I said I would talk about it when I was talking about Salt Lake City, Lisa Rinna, or Lisa Rinna, Lisa Barlow, hot mic moment, iconic meltdown, right? She had a meltdown the likes of which fans could not dream of. She said that her best friend was sleeping with half of New York or, or sleeping around and that she didn't even fucking like them and her her husband didn't have a job. I mean, she was saying some pretty terrible things on mic that she didn't think was on mic and didn't think would get aired. And I just don't see how that is so much different from the kind of shit that they're saying Kathy Hilton said, save for possibly racist things. Now, you know, how much more racist can you be than Ramona Singer, than Luann, than Heather Thompson, which people maybe forget, but I'm watching her. Then uh, Leanne Locken, then Tamara and Vicky. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Mary Cosby even said some. Jenny from Salt Lake City. We've heard and seen some racist shit, okay? So my question is, how terrible could it be? Not, that's not even what I'm saying, man. Because I just don't want anyone to think that I'm one of those people that are like, Kathy Hilton would never. Kathy Hilton absolutely the fuck would. She absolutely would. That's not the problem here. The problem is, being that we didn't hear it, it's like hard for me to like fathom. And then it's like, okay, well, if she did say all of this stuff and the network is protecting her, then it kind of just validates the stuff that they're telling us that she said, which are she'll bring this entire franchise down. And she has connects at NBC Universal and Peacock and deals and money in places that we've never even thought of. And she will bring everyone down. So to me, if they weren't 
invested in her in such a way that that was likely or for sure going to happen, then they probably would just air the bullshit that she said. Or maybe they wouldn't because maybe we're tired, uh, Catherine, Dennis, of the racism. You know? I mean, the stuff that Stassi said came out. But this is the thing. And and the stuff that Rinna's done has come out with the Nazis and or the the Nazi symbol on her co- Halloween costume and Star Jones and all of that has come out. So, and then whatever Sutton said nearly came out. So, what I'm saying is, I need for Beverly Hills to have a whistleblower. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I can't go back and forth about that. The, the question is not, would Kathy Hilton say racist shit? Yes. Would Kathy Hilton say homophobic shit? Probably. Now there's an argument out there that like the context in which she said it, considering her like circle and all of that is like different. I'm not here to argue that or like go on that. If she said homophobic shit, that's not okay. The question is, did she say it to the people that would be offended by it? Because if we're here to, like, analyze, if we're here to, like, I don't know what she, I don't know what Rena wants us to do. Like, what do you want me to feel? Surprised? I don't feel surprised. What, you want me to have Kathy off the show? She's a friend of! Lisa? She's a friend of! If Kathy doesn't come back next season, we're good. Like, truly, Rena, right now, people are more concerned that you're going to come back next season and do the same shit to someone else than they are if Kathy's episodes get cut. But I'll tell you what, I have been significantly more entertained with her on the on the episodes this season, the last half of the season, than I was with just you. So what, do you think you're saving the show? Are you like, is this some roundabout way to like get her fan base to like keep her on the show? But like, that's not what you're doing because if she was racist, then like people would call for her to be off the show and Bravo would have to take her off the show, which wouldn't be a problem unless she really is in cahoots with the company that deep, in which case she's not coming off anyway. So what the fuck are you doing, Rinna? What is she doing? Her obsession with the sisters is freaking weird, dude. Her her thing, I went back and watched early seasons of, or not early, well, early, yes, but like those mid-seasons of Beverly Hills and mid, I mean, time-wise and also quality-wise. Like Dorit's first seasons and Erica's second and third seasons. And it is like, not that interesting but Rena really like does not like that other people have sisters so if anybody needs help i know this is dark sorry honey you need to deal with your like grief ma'am your grief your grief of your sister that died grief of your mom your grief of your dad you need to deal with your grief and stop trying to like get in on someone else's family because at this point what you're doing is very strange and 
what we saw between Kathy and Kyle, now that makes a show. And I don't know, maybe she's resentful of that because again, the show wouldn't be anywhere were it not for Kim, Kathy, and Kyle. Okay? Because the show wasn't a thing without Kim, Kathy, and Kyle. So why are you mad? Like, wouldn't you rather like form like a but she can't right because she's so poor like Rinna is not rich so she has to be in everybody's damn pocket so she has to be in Erica's pocket and Diana's pocket because she's because in my opinion I think she had money with Erica when Erica allegedly didn't know where her money was coming from and I think that she has money with Diana I think that there's like stuff going on and you're making yourself look crazy. Like you're having a psychotic break. You're having a psychotic break, Rena. You're on line at all times, every other day, literally week to week. You're changing. You're like, I'm never going to talk about Beverly Hills again. But one more thing about Beverly Hills. Well, fuck Beverly Hills anyway. I'm the, what did she say? She said she's the, she said she's the, I can't, LeBron James of Beverly Hills. Why would you ever say, like, what makes you say that kind of stuff? Save for a psychotic break. I just, I don't know what she's doing. I find it very odd. I find it really weird that we're in a place of, oh, well, Like, she's in a place of, as long as they're talking about me, then, like, you're not the Kardashians, love. You're not the Kardashians. And, my guy, if Kathy Hilton was jealous of the Kardashians, she's not now. Also, any kind of jealousy that you're alleging that Kathy would have against the Kardashians is like crazy shit that Kyle says to you when Kyle's mad at her sisters and weaponizes that by talking to her friend. Because Kathy's good, bro. You don't get to wipe shit off the internet the way that Kathy does without some sort of Kardashian-level savviness, okay? They learn from each other. They see each other. So... It's really weird for you to say that she's jealous of the Kardashians. I think that's a stretch. I think that's insane. I think that I think that there was a time that Paris was jealous of the Kardashians. I think that there was a time that like I just this is why I didn't want to talk about Beverly Hills cuz I'm getting like overwhelmed and frustrated And I'm like, instead of just saying my thoughts, I'm like flooded with the thoughts of everyone else. Like all the, this is why when I started this podcast, I didn't listen to other podcasts, right? And I tried not to read things, but that's not a reality for me anymore because listening to podcasts is like, I've talked about this. This is like my, you know, my like calm down tool, my therapy, like what I like to do to unwind. And so I do that, but then I'm like, inundated with everyone else's thoughts about the situation when everyone else doesn't have the same perspective. My perspective is Kathy 
is the reason, because she is the mother of Paris Hilton, I believe that Kathy taught Paris Hilton everything she knows, okay? While some people's perspective might be, oh, well, Kathy wasn't as famous as Kim and Kyle. Kathy has been working since she was a literal baby. Kathy was a diaper model when she was a baby. She booked work. She never got that level of fame. So in my mind, how do you become, how do you deal with that? You become savvy. You have to. You can't have the status and money that she has now without being savvy. That's why Kim had fame and doesn't have money right now and doesn't have fame right now. Like, you, you got to you gotta learn and you got to work. And Kathy worked. And so people may think she's lazy and entitled, but she is definitely entitled. But the bitch knows what she's doing when it comes to PR. And that was very clear in that conversation. By the time Rena came over, and of course Kyle's on edge, okay? And Kyle knows that probably this whole apology thing is bullshit. But Kyle's you can see like she's at ease with Kathy doing all this. She's like, okay, because Kyle is anxiety ridden. Okay. And her main concern is that Kathy is going to expose them. And that's what she was concerned about with Kim. So now she's like, oh shit. I thought that Kathy had it under control. She doesn't. Now she's going to expose, but she doesn't. Kathy comes over. She knows what she's doing. She knows how to stay stay calm and reserved. Kathy knows when the cameras are on, okay? Kathy knows when to have a tantrum and when to not. Lest we forget that just a few weeks after filming, the bitch walked out of a bar in a tablecloth and no one knows why. It's been months. No one knows why Kathy walked out of the bar in a tablecloth except there was a wardrobe malfunction bullshit. Like, we know that Kathy has a secret private life. She went to Studio 54. Like, she knows the game. Rena, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? No one needs this. Kathy is a friend of... Rena's just mad because she's not getting paid what she wants to get paid. That's what it is at the end of the day. Money. Rena's mad because she's not rich. She's mad because Delilah Bell and Amelia Gray didn't pop off. Pretty girls. Not that fucking talented, maybe. I don't know. That's why you're a soap star, Lisa. Ma'am. Like, and no shade, like, no shade to soap stars. That's tight. But, like, you want to talk about owning it? Live in what you are. Don't try to go above your means. Stay in your lane and stay out of rich folks' business. I put that on Twitter. Stay out of rich folks' business. You are not rich enough for all of this. You don't understand the complexities of rich people. Okay? Wealth, honey. That's wealth. And I don't care if the Hilton hotels got sold and all of that. How much money? You What? You think they sold them for a dollar? They're good. They're good on money. And because Mauricio is a snake who stole the Hilton business model, 
and their clients, they're good too now. So don't get it twisted. What the fuck? Kathy has been in this game for so long, Lisa. So much longer than you. The reality TV game? You think you're going to play her? You think you're going to pop up on Kathy Hilton? Dude. People say that because Paris Hilton's spinoff, or not spinoff, but like one-off shows haven't been as successful, that like they don't know what they're doing. I think they know exactly what they're doing. I think that's like the thing. I don't think the end goal is for Paris to have a show like this because Paris, bless her, also unstable, couldn't hold out for a 10 season long show. She couldn't. So like they do these little one-off shows, cooking, Paris in love, um, the the show from 2011 that she did, I own it, I bought it, I watch it all the time with Brooke Mueller. Great show. If you don't like that show, you're not living. Truly. So I keep banging the microphone with my water, but what I'm saying is Rena has got me upset because she doesn't know who these people are. She's trying to get in their sister business. She's trying to understand complex relationships that I don't think she really understands. I don't think she's as close to Kyle as we are led to believe that she is. And I think that Kyle knows that. And so I also don't know what the fuck Kyle is doing except doing what she always does. Which is projecting her trauma anywhere she goes for any reason she can. And she can't handle it. Like, she can't handle how... I do feel bad for Kyle. Like... Her sisters are terrors to society. Truly. Kyle is only kind of a terror to society. Kim and Kathy, at their peaks, terrors. Terrors. Kim is getting picked up from targets, huffing computer duster cans, dude. Like, that's that's another level of embarrassment. And Kathy had to deal with that. Oh, Kathy had to deal with that. Kyle had to deal with that. The families had to deal with that. The kids, God bless them. Paris, I keep forgetting Paris is like a whole other ordeal in and of herself. She has a whole vault. By the way, a vault worth a vault. Hours and hours, hours and hours worth of videos of her doing cocaine, doing all kinds of stuff, saying racist things and homophobic things on tape that was out there for years. But because people were like always talking shit and didn't know how to work the internet and didn't think that, you know, like back in the day when these things were released in 2007 you know you didn't think the general public could access them now we could do anything that's gone that's gone the beverly hills uh homeless makeover show which was called beverly hills bums pilot that's wiped from the internet except for a few stills what else is gone oh uh, couldn't find kim her Dr. Phil full episode where she makes an ass out of herself 
clearly high as a kite. That you have to find on, and I say this factually because I used Google Translate to see what language, on a Chinese Facebook Hilton fan page from when it aired in 2013. Still has it up. Like, that's gone. There's something else that's gone from the internet, and I can't remember what it is, but there's a lot of shit that was on there that paints them in a bad light, and it is gone, gone, gone. And you think you're going to sit here and bring down Kathy Hilton on Real Housewives? She'll leave. She just got so much money, she will leave. She doesn't need this money, Rena. You do. So keep doing you, Rena. Honestly, kudos to you. I can't I can't talk about it anymore because it just makes me mad that I never, excuse me, that I never did a Hilton House of Hilton. Epi- oh, that's another thing. Oh, that was the other thing. When I bought House of Hilton, the reason I started this podcast was to talk about this book. I never have. Ha. Huh. It was 8.99 hardcover on Amazon. January 2021. 4 months, yeah. Four-ish, no, five months before Kathy Hilton became a friend of officially on Housewives of Beverly Hills. Y'all want to know how much that shit sells for now? 180 paperback, bro. Paperback. And honestly, I didn't even check if it was in stock. Like, I just saw the price and screenshotted it. I didn't even see if, like, I could actually buy it. I have no idea. That's crazy. You cannot get that book. Like, you have to be so dedicated now to get that book. Like, and there's so much information in there about the Richards family. I thought I friended. No, I didn't actually. I just follow. I followed Kathy's aunt, cousin, the Avanzino cousin on Facebook. Like, you can find these people. They're all, it's all out there. And Kathy's out there on the internet living her life. But she knows what the fuck she's doing. I'm not going to rant anymore about that. Um, I fast forwarded through the Erica and Sutton scene. I don't care. They're not friends. They're not going to be friends. That was filler. Um, Fast forwarded through a lot of the... Erica hair extension scene because it was just Rena talking shit and all the women like being coy about whether or not they knew everyone saw okay everyone saw Kathy have a breakdown and everyone decided we're not going to talk about it because it makes everybody look bad you know like when you have a friend like if you go out around let's say you go out with like your messy friend And I think I might be that friend. But if you go out with your messy friend, but you're trying to like hang out with like coworkers or, you know, old college people or people that you like want to have a certain idea of you and you have your messy friend and your messy friend is doing the thing that they always do and you always know that they're going to do it. You, when they start doing them and start acting out, You all know that that's going to happen, but you don't, first of all, want to talk about it anymore because you dealt with it and then you moved on. You don't want to draw attention to it. 
or act like you're drawing attention to it because it makes everybody look bad. It makes you look bad. It makes them look bad. And you don't want anybody to think bad of them because at the end of the day, they're a good person. So imagine your messy friend is out with you, gets drunk, starts doing the thing, whatever the thing is, because not everyone is going to yell at a DJ or like scream about playing music or something like that. The conga line V Billie Jean song thing is like, I think it's a little more consequential than they're bringing. Just sorry. I keep thinking I'm not going to talk about it. I think that there's more to it being Billie Jean than just like, obviously Michael Jackson is problematic. Obviously the song Billie Jean is a little problematic. I think it's like more than that. I think that she probably said something in the realm of racist or homophobic toward or to the DJ to a because he didn't play the song I think that's probably what happened and the DJ probably was like go back to LA and then Diana I guess paid him off to not say anything which is like you're part of the problem so don't get cute Diana please and so your messy friend does whatever it is that they do whenever they're drunk I feel like this is a thing that Kathy probably does. And then your friend that's there with you, when you're like, yeah, no, that's just them. Like, they do this. And yeah, I know. Thank you for taking them home. I, like, couldn't deal. I deal with it all the time. Thank you for taking them home. And then your other friend that was there is like, well, they did some really crazy shit, actually. And you're like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah. And they talked a lot of shit about you. And you're like, what did they say? Because obviously you want to know. And this person tells you what they said, except this person hates them. And you already know that this person hates them. So like, why are you doing this right now? Like, why? Like, I want to know, but also I know you hate them. So are you trying to get me to hate them too? Like, this is confusing for me. Like, again, I'm empathizing with Kyle a lot today, which I didn't expect. But at the end of the day, then it gets back to the messy friend. Messy friend's like, you're right. I actually was a huge bitch. And I'm really sorry. And I shouldn't have said any of that. And I feel really bad. And you know your messy friend's probably going to do it again. But for whatever reason, this person's going to be in your life. Okay? So in this situation, it is a sibling, which is even deeper than just a friend. And y'all kind of like, you hug it out and you're good. Then in comes friend number two. Big mouth friend. Who comes in and is like, trying to like give therapy. It's just crazy. Like, we already squashed it. We're moving on. We don't really need, but maybe Kyle does need, like, someone to, like, quasi-call them out. But the thing is, this is all for other people. Everything that they're doing is for an audience of millions. So it's it's very, it's it's uncomfortable for us to watch and not in an uncomfortable but satisfying way, but in a really just genuinely uncomfortable way. And I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Next week is the reunion. 
allegedly, or it seems like Kyle's going to start getting privy to like, oh shit, like now you're like, you're out here like telling our business for real. This is my family. Hopefully Kyle bucks up and, and defends her family and really does what's right for her family because at the end of the day, it looks bad. Kyle, so what would have to happen, and this won't happen, if this went down, if the takedown of Kathy Hilton went the way that it seems like Rena's trying to push it, I think she's like not making up for something, which is, I'm taking down Kathy Hilton. She's a racist and a homophobe. Let's go. Let's air the footage. Let's say exactly what she said that was so problematic that it would have America in shambles. And she does. Ultimately, Kyle has to do something that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to sit here and be like, yeah, my sister. Yeah, my sister, the the one who uh, kind of like, you know, let me hop off her daughter's career for 10 years before I got famous. Yeah, no, no, no. She's a uh, she's the devil. She's evil. She's awful. She can't do that to Kathy, dude. It's not going to work, Rena. Kyle has mooched off of this family for far too long. Kathy's right. She did make Kyle. There would be Kyle. Oh, that's the other thing that was scrubbed off the internet. Ugh, I talked about this too uh, in another pod, but there was a channel on Vimeo and I can't remember. I wish I remembered the name of the user, but the last time I remembered, I think it was actually, I think it was like, it was like Luan6170 or something like that. Or it started with a K. It was like Luan or K-L-U-A-N-N. Oh, that's what it was. It was K-L-U-A-N-N or something like that. And then it was like 6167 or 6170. It was something like that. Four, four numbers, six and seven were both in it. And she had all of the E! True Hollywood documentaries. All of them. All of the old ones that you can't find on the internet for whatever reason. Like, she had, like, Mackenzie Phillips one, which is super fucking dark and terrifying. She had all of them. And a lot of the biography channels ones up, too. And one of them that she had was the Hilton Sisters E! True Hollywood Story that aired in 2006. And in that one, they have all their, like, you know regular commentators that are like when Paris was growing up, you know, like they're talking about like Paris's up upbringing and they're being honest, dude. So I don't know if it's Paris or if it's Kathy, but neither of them look really great coming out of it because they all talk about how Paris was a monster in New York city that was partying all the time. But they also say that Kathy loved that shit and that Kathy was kind of partying with her. And they equate Kathy to more of a Kris Jenner, which wasn't a thing at the time. But they kind of say, like, Kathy loved all the fame and attention that Paris was getting because Kathy didn't really get that, right? Because she, her sisters were more famous than her. And that's just so interesting because the narrative has changed so much that, like, Rinna's, like, warped, like, Oh, she's jealous of the Kardashians. Well, she's jealous of Kardashians because of the fame, because she wanted the fame for herself. Or is she this terrible mother that the 
that needs to come on the show to like revamp her image because she was like such a strict mom and she sent her daughter to the Provo Canyon. Like, what is it? I'm more inclined to believe stuff from 2005 on E. Like, I'm more inclined to believe E True Hollywood Story and the House of Hilton book that came out in 2005 and the uh, the first Paris Hilton documentary that came out in, like, oh, uh, I think that was actually, like, 2004. It was during Simple Life, and that was on MTV, and you can still find that on YouTube. And it doesn't really paint a bad picture of Kathy, but early early records were sh- would show less that Kathy was like so strict and so like uptight and just like couldn't stand for her family's image to be ruined and more like she partied as well and was just so focused on her own partying life that she was inattentive and then when Paris got out of control and it made Kathy look bad then she was like I don't know what to do also my daughter's like hooked on cocaine she's like 14 that's like a different, it's just a different vibe than like, oh, I'm so uppity and I'm against all these things and I'm against partying. It's just a different, it's just a different thing. It's similar, but different. I'm ranting. It's been an hour and a half and I don't want to keep going on. Uh, I could, though. I won't. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. So basically, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I recap anything else uh, this month. Probably not. I'm going to be real with you guys. I love coming on here every once in a while. I know that consistency is really important and I fail at it, but I'm going to try. I love you all. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram at Emily Agogo. That's my personal at Emily A-G-O-G-O. That's my personal Instagram. If you want to follow my podcast Instagram, that's at who TF knows Emily Rose. That's at who TF is in the fuck knows Emily Rose. You can follow me on Twitter. That's also Emily Agogo. And yeah, I think that's about it. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Tell me what you